Hey, Jay. <laughs> hey, Lindsay. Are you thinking of like how to say hello this morning? Like you just didn't want to like say the same thing as we always say? Well, we're doing things backwards today. <laughs> Normally, you're kind of the, the guiding force of this podcast, and I'm just here to ramble off whatever ideas come to mind, and, and we're turning the tables, so I just wasn't sure how to handle things. But how you doing, Lindsay? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, we're we're changing the workflow of things. It's 2024. It's the first one of this year. We got to do things different. Yeah, our long-established structure is just going out the window. Uh, it's just going to bring chaos to this whole podcast. Our listeners chaos. are going to think they subscribe to something different by accident. Anyway. Well, fellow listeners and friends, all will be fine. It's still Jay and Lindsay, and and we're just going to ramble through some wonderful SEO topics. What, what are we talking about today, Jay? Yeah, so episode nine of It Depends, we are talking about an article you wrote, which is on our, our Transistor digital blog uh, called Unlocking Online Sales, Master E-Commerce SEO for Unstoppable Growth. The growth has no limits. I added that part. <laughs> so you, you published this on our blog like a week ago pretty recently, depending on when you're listening, and it goes through all of these different strategies and focus areas for e-commerce SEO. Let's start with the, the easy question, maybe, like, like why? What, what is it about e-commerce SEO that is different from SEO for any other website? Yeah, I mean, SEO is unique for just about any market you're going to work in, right? And e-commerce, whether it's B2B, B2C, and different spaces has its own unique challenges. Um, and a lot of that is because there's products, right? We're selling things through this website where lead gen sites or service-based sites, there are uh, a lot more static pages uh, where content doesn't change all the time. Uh, e-commerce is a rapidly moving, rapidly evolving space. Um, and there's so many moving pieces. There's so many things to consider, huge catalogs, technical issues, um, prioritization, making sure there's not duplication issues. There's just so many things to think about and consider and consistently consider with e-commerce that it really takes a skilled eye and strategy to successfully do it. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into some of this too, but you mentioned duplication and huge catalogs. A lot of times those huge catalogs are selling things that other sites also sell unless mm -hmm. you're like making and selling your own products and nobody else sells them. So there's there's just things that don't come up with other types of websites. Right. All right. So this is a, a big topic. It's a big article. There there's a lot of ground that can be covered and that has been covered, but why don't you summarize it for the listeners? What are the, the main focus areas of this? What are the, kind of the main points that, that we're trying to hit on? Yeah. So it is a really in-depth article. It gets into a lot of different aspects. I, I broke it down into a few core pieces. So one, it's standard SEO practices, making sure we have solid keyword research, topical research, on-page SEO, um, content, solid content, whether that's educational, products, categories, um, 
those basics, right? Things that we really know need to happen. And that's happening really across most sites in their SEO strategies. E-commerce then also has structural pieces, really understanding the architecture of the site, the user experience of the site, these things that are really important when you start to have large catalogs, lots of categories, it's easy to get lost and it's easy for things to get buried, uh, especially in the e-commerce space. So having a really solid plan for structure, navigation, and UX, really, really important. So we have the standard, the structure, technical. So making sure that all those cogs that kind of work behind the uh, the scenes are functioning. Are we rendering things properly? properly? Are, is, are things indexing the way we need them to? Um, I think something we see a lot too with e-commerce is that these bots kind of get exhausted by the amount of pages. So are we prioritizing what should be shown in search results? Um, page speed, schema, all that fun stuff is touched within the article. Um, and then the last one I think is also more unique to e-commerce is seasonality and products coming in and out, uh, being discontinued or being refreshed, and the unique struggles that that kind of seasonality comes with SEO and how we can successfully handle and navigate that. Yeah, and I mean, it turns out like the, the It Depends Christmas sweaters were flying off the shelves in December, <laughs> and, and here we are in January and no one's buying them, so you know, we had to take them off the homepage you know, like we ran out of a bunch of them and it's like, what, what do you do at that point? What do you do? And I, I think that as marketing managers and um, merchandisers, we think a lot about what things should be on the website and how that all functions and what's selling and what's not selling. But we don't think about like when those Christmas sweaters do sell out, what happens to that product page? What happens to the traffic associated to that and the value associated to that? And what if we want to sell the same sweater in Christmas of 2024? How do we revive the value that we built last year without losing it all? Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of envisioning all these focus areas that, that you just touched on. And we've got things that are relevant to product managers and merchandising folks, as you mentioned, that stuff that touches on IT, that stuff that touches on like the copywriting, copywriting content creation teams. So a lot of, a lot of different folks and practice areas to wrangle in together. And, and again, this big topic, but if we were to think of, we have all these, these things we need to be concerned with. We have all these different people we need to work with in the organization to make SEO work. Mm. What do we do about it? What, you know, there's only so many people, so much time. How do we prioritize? What What do we need to care about most? Yeah, yeah. When we have, I was just looking at our table of contents. There's 12 sections with multiple subheads in each of them. And if you were to send this to your, you know, digital marketing manager and say, do all these things, it would be like, okay, this is. Uh, gonna take a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna archive that email and go on with my day. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna pretend I never saw it. Um, so, so let's break it down into some things that I think are overlooked 
and can make a massive impact on organic search and the strategy overall. Um, three things. I And Jay, you can argue with me because you've also done a ton of SEO for e-com. So if you disagree, let me know. Um, I'm sure you have your opinions as well. So first of all, that topic of the discontinued products and how to handle them. We have another great guide that I'll include a link to uh, very specifically about how to handle discontinued products. And we have this workflow of, you know, if you have product A and it's discontinued, is there a, a product that can replace it? If yes, do this. If no, do this. And essentially what it works through is, do we redirect these pages? Are they continued to be live on the site? Um, and how to handle that kind of evolution. If you can get a solid plan and strategy to how products get added to and removed from the site in an effective SEO-friendly way, that will make a massive difference. Um, and I think in a, a broad sense, kind of like a real life example of this, um, we have a client that's in the like fashion space and and in the TikTok fashion space, okay? And they have like the, the key styles for winter 2024 and they were creating new pages all the time for like the winter styles of this year. Um, and they were just deleting the pages. So they're restarting every single year and they're not building, which SEO is this like cumulative effort that builds and builds over time. And the more we can stack blocks on top of each other and continue that effort rather than deleting and starting over, you are going to experience so much more value. And as we, uh, this client specifically, as we implemented a program and process for how to keep pages live, but maybe you push them to the side for a period of time until it's time for those seasonal sweaters, um, they were able to have some really great success this year because of that process. And it made a massive difference in their sales from both organic and really all of their efforts across all the marketing channels. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, there's obviously an aspect of just experience with this stuff. Like if you've never worked with an e-commerce site before, you might just think like, oh, this product doesn't exist or we're not selling this product for another 10 months. So we'll just delete it. And when we need it again, we'll make a new one. It's really easy to do, you, you know, a couple clicks, put in a name and a picture and you're done. And, but there's also just kind of like a mindset, especially in the, a lot of the B2C space. And, you know, this thing of the, we're in like fashion, which is everything's changing. What, what we were doing last quarter isn't relevant anymore. So we last never, week sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So we, we don't need to ever think about it again. And there's, it's funny because like I contrast that with, like I've, I've worked with some distributors and mm -hmm. a lot of those folks, nothing ever gets deleted. Like the products have, stay live forever and nothing yeah. ever changes. Well, and even when stuff does change, it's like, that's just an opportunity to expand on your product information. Like, 
-hmm. we have this cell phone battery and it's part number ABC123. And then that gets discontinued and replaced with ABC234. And we just, you know, we add, oh, well, this is a cross-reference replacement for this part number and also a substitute for these like 40 other part numbers. And we just keep expanding all of the the product information. You know, it's kind of like we hold on to things forever because somebody has that old part and wants to find a replacement of it. And right. you know, maybe in, in like TikTok fashion trends that, that isn't relevant, but that kind of mindset probably fits in for a lot of e-commerce more often than not. And just like taking that, that like hoarding mentality can be, can be great for SEO at the very least, but also helps those, those like dedicated searchers that, they're just like, I, I need this thing. I used to have one and I can't, you know, it, it changed and I can't find the replacement for it anymore. Right, right. And and it's, it's a funny balance, though, too, because when you get into that hoarding mentality of pages and products, then your catalogs can just get so astronomical that then they just, there's so many pages that just get ignored. Um So there's like a happy balance of like, don't just delete stuff, but we also need to make sure we have like solid solutions for like how bots and humans are actually going to experience this site. Um, And I think that's actually a good segue into my second point. So first one was this discontinued products or the evolution and movement of products on an e-commerce site. And the second one is really the user experience and navigation. This is how people get through a site, how bots find products on a site and categories and how everything is interrelated um, within a site and within this kind of environment that um, your products are living. Um, And I think navigation is so quickly seen as just, and when I say navigation, I I mean, there is the site architecture and how things are related, but I'm even talking about the big mega menu dropdown where we have the categories that matter, the products within it, and how those things work and uh, interconnect. Because again, I think it's so easy to just see that, that menu as, kind of throw away or just a marketing means of showing your products. And it's much, much more than that. Yeah. Everyone just is like, well, I go to Amazon and I just use the search box. I don't navigate. So that's what everyone does on every website. It's like, well, Amazon still has a drop down menu with a list of categories that you can navigate through. So right. clearly not everybody does it that way. And I don't know how many um, internal site searches you've used, Jay, outside of Amazon, but most of them are horrific. <laughs> and yeah. finding what you need is very difficult. Yeah, there's there's the whole aspect of like a good site search appliance is expensive and it requires people to constantly maintain and optimize it. But right. yeah, not, not everybody just like knows what they're looking for. People do kind of browse the aisles, so to speak on e-commerce sites of, you know, yep. I, I need some snowing out. I need some snow pants and I could search for snow pants, but like, I'm going to browse the winter apparel and maybe there's something else that works better for me. Right. Yeah. 
Well, and I think there's also something to be said about that kind of like upsell piece of it. So let's say maybe you did Google snow pants and you got to a site that they sell all sorts of snow products and you're like, oh, like I love these snow pants. I wonder if they have the matching gloves to go with it. Or hey, they have a sale on, I don't know, pet coats that can match my snow pants when I take you know, fluffy for a walk outside Um, and giving the visibility, that top level visibility of all of the things you can explore on that site, um, not only is going to impact your organic traffic, so it it absolutely impacts rank and internal visibility, like that is something that this impacts, Um, you are also going to see improved sales numbers and larger average order values likely because there is more access to things to buy. And it is easy for people to explore and see all of the things that they they do have access to um, within this domain. Yeah. And I think a, a rule of thumb I like to stick to is any product or category on your site that, that you want people to be able to find you should be able to find it by starting with your top navigation. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, that's a sign you've got a problem here. Right, right. And I think there's also a fear of having, I, I hear a lot, I don't want to have a cluttered navigation. I want it to be really streamlined and simple. And I, and I hear that from a, a visual perspective and there is a way to do it in a pretty branded way but i would also recommend not overly trying to minimalize and streamline your top navigation to the point where it is difficult to click on and get a really great view of what all you can see and explore yeah and you've got to consider that different people have different needs for like how they want to go about shopping. So if your search works well, a lot of people will use it because mm-hmm. they know exactly what they want. You know, you have merchandising, marketing opportunities all through your site, your homepage, your landing pages, whatever, where you can yeah. push people to things. You can have, you know, you can have sections of your site that are like geared towards certain applications or use cases or whatever. Like all the home improvement sites have Here's like our, our project section. And if you need right. to remodel your bathroom, we'll have links to products and whatever. The, the navigation is like the catch-all for everything else. Mm-hmm. Agree. All right. So I promised three points. We talked about product changes, navigation, and I'm going to do my last one on categories. Um Shopify, it would be like collection pages. Um, I think these are so commonly overlooked because web owners, marketers want to send people directly to products. So snow pants, let's go back to that. If somebody Googles snow pants, well, I want them to land on a snow pants product because then they're going to buy that product. The problem with that is you likely, as we talked before, have options. There's likely more than one snow pant that your winter weather website has, and you need to have a landing place for people to have options. Um, and a 
think especially for how Google is evolving and, and how people search from what we've seen historically, having a place where people can see their options and they're not just forced into one product. Because let's say they don't like those snow pants, that one product that you sent them to. They're going to bounce. They're going to go back to Google. They're going to refine their search. They're going to find something different. If we can send them to a well-optimized category with product options and they see maybe they don't like product A, but they like product C, that gives them the opportunity then to purchase that product versus getting back to Google. So do not underestimate the power and value of categorization on your site. Yeah, and that's a, a great case for the, the like customer experience decision-making standpoint. From a technical side of things too, it's, this might sound obvious, but it's the way that search engines are going to discover your products. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we've, we had a, a great case study in this where a client we work with built a new site and their product listing pages, the, the category pages that like have all of the individual product links on them, they were built in a way that Google couldn't load the list of products. So Google would go to a category and see yep. basically nothing. So the only way search engines could find products was by going to the sitemap, the XML sitemap. And products got indexed. They got some, some of them got some traffic, but we found the only products that really got traffic were the ones that were like the featured products linked from homepage, like the homepage or other landing pages, but products as a whole, just Google kind of took, you know, our, our simplified way of looking at it is like, well, you're not showing these products anywhere in your site as far as we can tell. So if you don't care about them, why should we? So right. we're not going to send people to your product pages. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's a pretty, you know, simple concept, but if you don't have a page like that, how do you expect anyone to ever find your products, including search mm -hmm. engines? Right. Uh, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it, we kind of have to still spoon feed these bots information and we need to make it easy for them to find, like you said, the products that we want people to encounter and purchase. Um, and I think this actually plays into the last point of navigation too. If you have a solid structure of categories and it's this really beautiful hierarchy of collections and products and cats and subcats, then you can build your navigation based on that categorization in a really healthy and logical way versus having things be very like sporadically placed and then you have some products and you have some categories and um, it gets really messy. So I think having a strong architectural view that includes categorization um, is a very, very worthwhile activity for anybody running an e-commerce site. I don't care if you're B2B, B2C, in any kind of space, having a really strong map of that navigation and the architecture is going to help find holes in your content, holes in your categorization, and opportunities for gaining more traffic and really more revenue in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 
always just like use the giant e-commerce sites as kind of a sanity check, you know, not, not to like copy everything they're doing, but what are the, the main points that they're hitting on, you know, as all of these like minimalist trends have come and gone for, for site mm-hmm. design and architecture and whatever else is, you know, the, the idea that like nobody uses categories, they just search, uh, you know, as those things pop up, like, Throughout all that time, Amazon, Walmart, you know, Home Depot, Best Buy, whoever you name it, these giant like top 100, top 50 e-commerce brands, they all have like the product listing pages. They all have you know drop downs with all of their categories listed in navigation. Like mm-hmm. they they continue to do all of this stuff because it it works and a lot of it's necessary. So right. You know, it like if you don't see anyone else doing a basic structural thing, you should probably question if it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, those those are my my three major takeaways, Jay. Again, there are lots of, I think, nuggets of really critical information in this article um, about e-commerce SEO. But I think if, if you can focus on three things. Um, now there are three big things. It's not like these are three things you're going to do tomorrow. Um, but we are kicking off 2024, get a plan of how these things should look. And it may take the next 12 months for you to build out the ideal architecture for your e-commerce site. It may take a lot of wrangling of different teams and information to get there, um, but this is going to do so much more for you than rewriting title tags for all of your products or doing those things that are easy to maybe accomplish, um, but not going to get your return of something that is is much more infrastructure based like these these three topics have been. So read the article. We'll have a link in the show notes. Thanks for putting that together, Lindsay. Thanks for chatting about it here. I think we covered it all, right? I think so. Well, thanks. And uh, shameless plug, we're pretty good at e-commerce SEO. So if you need help, you can always just uh, call us and we'll we'll walk you through some of these pieces for sure. Have you ever heard a shameful plug? A shameful? Maybe. I don't know. They're always... Everyone always says they're shameless, but. Uh, well, this one is shameless, and we're going to keep listening to podcasts to find a shameful one. All right, All everybody. Right. Well, Send thanks, Jay. Send in your shameful plugs. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Bye.